This episode of the Sweat Daily Podcast is brought to you by Kansas Athletic Club, a premier facility for fitness in Overland Park, Kansas. At Kansas Athletic Club, the mantra of Sweat Daily is truly put to use with programs such as CrossFit, Epic, personal nutrition, youth training, and sport performance. Our mission is to advance the health and well-being of the individuals in our local community by delivering physical and nutritional services that will lead to a lifestyle without limitations. Interested? Book a free two-class trial right now. Yes, you heard that right. Free two-class trial. Do this by going to Kansas Athletic Club. That is ksathleticclub.com and click on the two-class free trial tab. Whether you're looking to lose weight, gain muscle, prepare for competition, or live as your most healthy and active self, Kansas Athletic Club is the place for you. Kansas Athletic Club, striving for incremental improvement every day. I'm Patrick Chandler. I'm TJ Kiblin. I'm Nick Reyes. And you're listening to Sweat Daily Podcast. We are going to jam on some shoes, and we're rolling hot right now. Nice. So, um, dirty. What kind of shoes are you wearing right now? I'm still wearing my Nobles. I haven't changed since I worked out, so. I only wear Nobles. I'm wearing flip-flops. That's he a- wears Nobles to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a lie. I, I, I have some slides that I rock. Yeah, I've seen you snatching them. Yeah. <laughs> Wife is not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Well, I thought you were going to say Pat wasn't, but I I wasn't happy about that either. So, Um, no, we're going to talk about shoes today. We're going to talk about what type of shoes you should wear for performance. Um, We'll get into some of our personal preferences, maybe talk a little about foot structure and and why what types of shoes are important um, for different situations. And um, we're not bringing a whole lot of research to this podcast. It's more of an opinion, but it was something that we just kind of talked about. um, And actually, one of our coaches, Michael, um, just made like a post, I think, just to get some people engaged and was like, are you guys Nike or are you guys Noble? Um, And spoiler alert, I think most of us are Noble, but um, it just kind of got us thinking like, man, there's so many different shoes for so many different purposes in the world of fitness. And, and we just want to talk about it a little bit. So T Nick, what do you say? What should, what should we dive into first? Should we just go straight into like what shoe is most important when, or let's, let's talk types, right? Because I think that there's a, a big difference here. I mean, I know growing up running cross country, I did not wear like a flat short flat sole minimalist shoe or anything close to it. It was like this cushiony, you know, I went to, was it Gary Gribble's running? And I think it's now mm-hmm. it's Casey running store or something like that. Yep. And, and uh, got my shoe, my some Reeboks. Boy, they were fly. I actually yeah. just want to take a second and just think about Nick. This is probably before you ever lifted. Oh, dude, I weighed 125 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> so so you, little, little Nick out there running cross country, um, I'm guessing the shorts were short. Oh, always. Yeah. Yeah. And then that wearing, changed. wearing some heavy ass shoes running around, but I was fastest greased lightning. That's right. We, we all need a little bit of, uh, like high school skinny Nick running around just, uh, just that mental imagery, I think. But, uh, but yeah, so you were wearing more of an actual running 
quote unquote running shoe, um, something with a softer heel, something like Chris French Squatson. <laughs> For anyone that's listening, Chris French is a cl- member of our gym, one of the strongest guys, if not the strongest guy in the gym. And he squats in Asics, in Asics, Asics. like running, running Asics. Yeah, I think I think to answer your question, I just it's sports specific or what we're talking about, you know, in what context, you know, like he's talking about his running days, you know, if you're lifting, you know, a lot of people used to rock the Chuck T's, you know, if you're a power lifter. So I think it's just kind of within context of what you're right. I think that's a great point. And actually it blows my mind because I remember I was probably like 10 years old when I found my dad's old high school basketball shoes and they were Chuck T's like the OG Chuck T's out in the 80s. Uh, late seventies actually. So, um, and I'm like, you wore these to play basketball in? I'm like, no wonder why your hips all messed up. Like, God, like there's just absolutely zero cushion. Like I guarantee you the bottom of his soles, like the, the foot pads were just gone after every single sure. game. It's like wearing nobles to, to play basketball in, but let's, let's maybe start with like the cross training shoe. That's kind of our specific niche. Um, we tend, tend to, to bias a little bit towards the CrossFit world. And, and I think that's what the post was, was generally, um, geared towards when you are working out and you're going to do some, some, some form of functional fitness. Um, what shoe do you prefer? And, and Nick, I'll toss it to you to see, cause I know you, you've kind of gone through different phases probably of what shoes you prefer to wear. Yeah. So I, I, I prefer nobles. Um, although I've grown a bit of an affection to Metcons, um, the original version of the Metcons were terrible for running. And that is something that, again, as I mentioned earlier, why was that? Why were they so bad? Oh, they were heavy. The soles weren't flexible. It felt like you were running in boots. Like it was really, really bad. And you could hear people running in. Yes, you could. You could. It was like a slap, slap, slap on the pavement. It was awful. I have a funny story about that. I, we, I, we qualified for an event up in Minnesota called the Granite Games, and I got my first pair of Nike Metcons, and I was like, I'm rocking these for the first event. The first event was a, a Team 5K run, <laughs> and I had stress <laughs> fractures in my feet all weekend, and like we had to do double unders, like all this sorts of stuff, and, and so when you said they were horrible for running, uh, I can attest to that. They were absolutely atrocious. They were bad. Did they, they were bad. Look, did they look fresh, though? Oh, man, I looked so good out there. <laughs> When I got my last pair of Metcons, Ben, ben Ro- Rocha, another guy who used to coach here at the gym, looked at me and goes, man, at least you look fast. <laughs> um, ben, yeah, Ben, he was on the podcast a couple of weeks back, but he, he, I feel like always had the best one-liners. He did. That, that yeah. was, uh, you really, really missed those. But, um, but yeah, so you, you prefer the Nobles. Why, why Nobles over, you know, the, the, that first Metcon? So the original Nobles, and they've gone through several iterations and they've changed both the, uh, the soul and the, um, uh, the, they call it super fabric. Have they, or they just changed the color and no, locked it up to 160 No, they changed the soul. The soul is radically different than the soul on the original Nobles. Um, and so the first two pairs have the original soul and you could almost wad that thing up in a, in a ball. Got so it's more stiff, haven't they? Yeah. So it was a great, um, it was great for rolling your foot uh, um, on pavement, like as far as like front to back, right? So long strides. Um, yet it was also just soft enough to 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 not feel like it was heavy or or landing hard with a thud on pavement, but yet firm enough to actually lift in and um, squat in. So it was just a, it was a really good combination all around. I thought. Yeah, see, I, I, I like Nobles, I, maybe for a little bit of a different reason. Um, I think when you first put a Noble pair, or when you rock a Noble shoe, you're going to not like it initially. I think most of the people don't initially like it. Um, since they have switched the, the bottom, they're much more stiff. 
But once you break them in, I, I think they really settle into your feet and, and allows you to really feel the floor if you're lifting. Um, they're pretty good for running. I've never really had any issues. They're, they're fairly light and they're super durable and they look freaking nice. They just like, they can go with jeans or you can, you know, throw on some shorts and go run a 5k and not have to worry about stress fractures. So to me, it's just like, <laughs> it's just a quality shoe that, um, again, once you break them in, you fall in love with them. You can also throw on some jeans and run a 5k if you want. You can, you can kind of combine those two things. So. You know, you say that jokingly, but it's like, if you travel for work and you like to pack light, I, I can't tell you how many work trips I've taken where I threw in a pair of all white nobles and it's like, wake up, hit a run in the hotel, gym and squat or whatever, and then throw them on with a pair of jeans and a collared shirt and go to a client meeting. So great for that as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you guys both have experience with Metcons and, and I do as well, but what's, uh, and you kind of talked about the first Metcons, but how many versions are there? Like 13? 17. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a, a ton of different versions, um, over the years. Do you guys have a favorite specific pair? Um, and, and what do you like them for? What's, what's like, what, what's a pro and con about them? Um, I, I got the suede trainers and I mean, the pro is that they look just absolutely beautiful on my feet and they're super comfortable. They're actually probably the most comfortable pair of nobles from start to finish that I've ever had. Um, the unfortunate part is suede gets dirty really fast and it's not fun to clean. What about Metcons? Oh, we're talking about Metcons. I, I know you just had noble on the brain. I'm like, all right, we can go back to noble. Oh, God, D dad brain. Um, Metcons, I, I, I mean, they're awesome for like specific things as far as, and I'm more on the CrossFit side for those that are listening. Um, they've been really good for like rope climbs and, and they're really sticky that way. Um, they're, they're a good shoe if you're not running. Right. I, I know from my, my standpoint, cause I rocked, uh, it was like the second Metcon. So it was, it wasn't the first gen and the second one I actually really liked. Cause I thought, like you said, it had great versatility as far as like being able to like stick on a rope, whereas other shoes that I'd worn would either just completely get demolished by the rope or you'd be sliding up and down it. You can never get that good foot lock in. But um, I, my favorite thing with Metcons is they are so flat. They're not good for running, but they're great for lifting. Yeah. But, you know, if you're going to do um, some good squats or deadlifts, like you're, you're not going to have much of an elevated heel if you don't need that. And the little plastic piece on the back for handstand pushups. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can slide up and down that wall. That innovation. Innovation. That's what that was. Yeah. Unless you are doing handstand pushups on a like wall a that, doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that doesn't have like a plexiglass yeah. or something like that, and you're just tearing up your walls. Um, I don't know that I have um, uh, enough support uh, laterally in metcons as weird as that sounds it seems like I think a lot of people actually like that but i don't feel comfortable like doing like shuttle runs or anything from side to side in metcons for whatever reason that may just be a personal preference thing could also be like the toe box to me feels narrow mm -hmm. like feels like it like it pinches like the, the front of my foot so mm -hmm. that to me and that probably speaks to the moving lateral thing kind of weird whenever you feel like your foot's crammed in to move side to side is not comfortable you know okay. uh, but that's probably one of the big off-putting things that I don't know that they've fixed or addressed. Right. I, I think just in general too, and this can kind of transition a little bit away, but before we do that, we were, I was going to mention, you know, Reebok is kind of the the third major, uh, you know, functional fitness type of, of shoe provider um, with their nano line. And then they, they've kind of gone a bunch of different ways, kind of like Nike has with their Metcon runners. And I, I guess even Noble has, because they have their canvas and they have their runner. But um, anyway, the Reebok tends to have a little bit of a wider 
sole, it seems. I had never actually worn a pair until a couple months ago, and I got one. And I, I really love it just as a casual shoe because it's got a little bit more space. I tend to like to my, my feet to be kind of tight when I work out, whereas the Reebok, it, it almost like fans out, which is good in a way. And we can talk about why that's good in a second. But um, it's just a very different feeling shoe. I don't know if you guys have worn Nanos or any type of Reebok shoe. Yeah, I, I actually rocked the original Nano. They were, God, they were yellow. They were bright as hell. But those, I remember you uh, wearing those. those yeah, things were the, I wore them for like six years. You could run at night and, <laughs> and everyone would see you in those yeah, things, D. They glow in the dark. But um, I'm someone that doesn't really ever tie my shoes. And so with that really wide toe box, I thought they were super comfortable. I'm just not a big fan of Reebok, like the, the look. They were just not a very good look to me. The Nano 2s were like the most popular shoe amongst like functional fitness enthusiasts of all time. Like I remember seeing and the, everyone having those. And then didn't they do like a re-release and then people were just like bought Reebok yeah, out of them. them up, yeah. So I, I think also too, it's funny because, you know, TJ's mentioned kind of a couple times like look and appearance and, and just like popularity of it. Um, you look good, you play good. Not only that which is true, but not only that, uh, I, I think there's the pop culture side around it. Cause I think the nano two was released in like 2012 ish, yeah. maybe 11, but Sounds it was right. like kind of height of, um, you know, the, the CrossFit games coming to prominence, rich Froning was going for like three or four in a row and he was a Reebok athlete. And like, it was just kind of, if you were in the CrossFit world, you were cool if you got those shoes. Yeah. It's kind of it's almost like sneakerheads, but for functional fitness I think enthusiasts. CrossFit really revamped Reebok as a brand in that time in that era. For yeah. sure, yeah, absolutely. And you can kind of see that transition now. Um, obviously, with the sponsorship change. If, if those of you that don't know, the CrossFit Games is no longer the Reebok CrossFit Games, but for the first time, it's the Noble CrossFit Games or CrossFit Games presented by Noble, whatever it is. Um, so they changed partners and it's kind of a changing of the tides where now you can see a whole lot less Reebok gear being rocked, um, a whole bunch of different types of gear being rocked, but Noble's kind of the, the primary one now. But that's a great point, Pat. I remember I was uh, um, at a physical therapy appointment several years ago, rocking a pair of Nobles. And I... It, it seemed like everyone in there was asking like where I got the shoes from. I'm like, Oh, it's like noble.com. And they're like, can you, can you spell that? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> N O B U L L. And it was like noble project, whatever. Right. But mm -hmm. you can't get them in stores, right? Like you can't go to shields or to dicks or any other place around here and get them. So there's like still this little bit of a, Oh, I've never seen those on your feet, Pat, or I've never seen those on your feet, TJ. Like there's no, that immediate pop culture. I know that those are Nike. And everyone has Nike's thing about it. So it's kind of a kind of a hidden trend that's cool, right? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's that's it like the exclusivity of it is it's like, oh man, you got that release of, you know, the, these nobles, the the splatter paint ones or something like that. And it's like they were sold out by the time that I tried. Um, and I think that's obviously part of their their strategy. But yeah, they kill it with like scarcity. <laughs> oh yeah, they do. Know. Oh, we only have a hundred of these. And so everyone jumps on. So if you really love a pair of shoes out there, a pair, so you better go get it. There's no such thing as scarcity with Nike. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what's you the, go to the street corner and find exa Jordans. Exactly. Say, what's the opposite of scarcity principle? And yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess you're right. Like in the high end, principle. high end, like sneakerhead stuff. Right. That's, that's about it. I wanted to transition real quick though. Cause actually Nick brought up something a little while ago and this is going to sound weird, but I know your feet. <laughs> um, I know both of your guys' feet. And I want you guys to talk a little bit about why um, you, and you kind of did a little bit too, TJ, but I know that you have a little bit of a flatter foot. Um, it's like a Fred Flintstone feet. That's what my mom used to say. 
And then Nick, you you have more of a I wouldn't say a high arch, but just a traditional like normal arch, mid 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 high arch, but or somewhat arch. more of a narrow foot, mm-hmm. and and how that plays a role in what kind of shoe you wear, and maybe how that would influence you with activities if you're going to run, if you're going to play pickup basketball, if you're going to work out. Um, how would that kind of influence you to having a wider foot? Does it change what type of shoes that you look for? Yeah, absolutely. That wider toe box, I feel like I have a lot more stability. Um, doesn't really cram my toes. My feet are really wide. And so if the shoe's narrow, it's really kind of folds my feet in and it's really uncomfortable for any kind of lifting. Um, I don't really feel snug to the floor. Um, so that's, that's super important to me to have a wide toe box. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think somewhat the same, my feet aren't what I would call wide by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but it's for me, it's like that, that arch, I do want a little bit of arch support without being completely squeezed in from side to side as well. Right. And that's so that that's where that Nike can sometimes feel like it's boxing me in or making my toes do things that I don't want them to do. I want them to spread out and that's like impossible in a pair of Metcons. Right. Right. And actually, so Nick talking about, and I kind of mentioned it before too, like that spreading out of your toes and being able to grip the ground is so important. And we could probably talk for another hour just on this, maybe not an hour, but we could, I could talk for a long time. You could probably uh, get me down a rabbit hole on this, but basically just having that tripod foot set up in, in almost anything in life. Uh, You know, I, I was talking with uh, actually Jacob Hepner about boxing um, or I was talking about Jacob Hepner boxing and, and the importance of being able to switch from being on your toes in that realm to you know being able to squat and have that tripod foot and being able to transition in and out of it but having the right shoe is is huge you're not going to want something if you're going to go hit back squats that's something that's going to bias you to be on your toes unless you're chris french and then (laughs) same just the exact opposite you're not going to want something that's super flat and get you flat-footed in the ring when you're trying to box because then you're just going to get hit in the face and you don't want to do that so um i think you know what can you guys say about like different activities? I mean, we, we all, you all know you go to play basketball, you get a basketball shoe. You go to play soccer, you th- grab a pair of cleats. Yeah. Um, how important is the shoe for the activity? Well, there's a reason why they're sport-specific shoes, right? It's based off functionality. You know, shoes need cleats if you're going to be cutting on a field. Um, shoes need good ankle stability if you're going to be cutting on a basketball court. So I think it's just like whatever you're doing and what sport-specific, you know, whether it's weightlifting, CrossFit, basketball, baseball, there's going to be a shoe designed to help you maximize your performance yeah i mean and i would say uh probably partially depends on the number of times you plan on you know doing that activity i mean pat you you know a little bit from uh pre-covid times whenever you went out and played basketball in a pair of nobles and you <laughs> I know tried ma- to tell him i went the week before and had no skin on my feet <laughs> i was like i'll be fine and then just a week later just the, like like tearing your hands on muscle ups it was that on my feet so yeah so maybe should have uh should have listened should have had some basketball shoes right some right, something yeah. sports specific but it was if i remember correctly you were outside in the heat played right. for a couple hours right so um now if it would have been like oh hey guys let's go shoot some hoops at the uh you know indoors maybe a little bit more climate controlled you probably would have been fine in nobles and yeah. but the minute you join the rec league go go snack a pair of lebrons or something right like so I would say kind of the same thing. Like you're going to come try out a class at a, at a, at a gym or a spin studio or whatever. Like, yeah, use your all purpose shoes. You're going to join probably time to up the ante a little bit, yeah, get some trainers. Yep. Right. Right. It's like that, uh, that person, that, that person that joins a gym, that new member, and then 
day one in, they already have the lifters out of the box and you're like, wait, what, when are you getting Olympic lifters? We haven't even taught you all the Olympic lifts yet. What's, what's going on? They know they're in, they, they're bought in. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If that happens, then you, you found yourself a solid member. Yeah, so, sleeves with a belt yep. and a helmet. Yeah. Like, all right, let's get it. And you might want to be like, all right, let's talk about just squat depth first. But, uh, but actually, and, and another thing that we, we've actually talked about before too, is when is, when is it good to not wear shoes? And should you never wear shoes? What do you guys think about that? (laughs) (laughs) Only in the shower. I've ran more miles than I can count barefoot. Um, It was a part of our training program uh, for several years in cross country. How high can you count? A long way. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. I, you can count to like ten. Through, and you it's you, not you that completely much. caught me off guard on that. Bat. <laughs> I wish you guys could see his face. <laughs> so, um, so this take you back to cross country. You yeah, 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 yeah. So, so ran a ton barefoot in grass sprints um, as well. So I, I feel like it's very, very important to understand how your foot should interact with the earth whether you are squatting, whether you are pulling, whether you are moving, running forward, backward, sideways, I do feel that it's important. Obviously, there's also some safety issues with that, like shoes protect our feet, right? right. So, um, Yeah, how many injuries did you remember having from that or were you fortunate that you didn't really ever get, get injured? So I didn't really, I mean, you run a lot of miles, you get shin splints and stress fractures in your shins and stuff like, like that as well. Step rock. on a twig or something. <laughs> well, so I mean, went to school in the hood. We had to, we had to uh, mine the Sweep field a little for bit. like yeah. needles and stuff like that before we would do it, broken bottles. <laughs> <laughs> Dead serious here. So, um, but you, it's funny after when you first start doing it, um, yeah, you get, you, you do have shin splints, your feet are sore, but after you do it for a little bit, then you don't have shin splints. Like I didn't have them for seasons at all, you know? Um, and I'd say it's fairly uncommon for a lot of distance runners to not have to worry about their shins, Yeah, but it all starts at the feet. No, I, I couldn't agree more, especially from my, my physical therapist perspective is, you know, basically what you did is build a strong platform. You know, what I tell patients and clients of mine all the time is, you know, how do you expect to have good force output from your hips or, you know, even from your shoulders, if you're doing a strict press, if you don't have good force output from the ground, it's the only thing that's tying you and the ground together. So if you don't have good strength in your foot, somewhere along the line, there's going to be some sort of force leak or you're, you know, you're not going to be able to be um, your optimized self. So, so, you know, people, I, I don't know, I'm probably projecting my other people's thoughts onto me, but you know, uh, people were like, man, that guy really asks about my feet a lot. And it's, it's kind of weird. It's like, well, no, it's actually a really important thing. And that's a great example, Nick, of how, you know, you're like, man, I got my yearly shin splints. And it's like, well, you trained for how long? Yes, you still got them that first time, but then years went by and you're like, wow, my feet are so strong that I don't even, I, I, it's going up the chain. I don't have shin splints anymore. I have a good analogy for that because I always I'm I get on our clients a lot about that because I'm we always talk about like good stable feet and I, I think anything's good in here at least in our facility starts with good stable feet and if you don't have stable feet kind of what uh, no, Pat attested to it's like doing everything on a surfboard like you have no, no stability and so Absolutely. you're like putting your body at so much risk because you're not real stable at all no one hundred percent and you know just another way too is like okay. Dancers, ballerinas, um, I have no personal experience doing those activities, but I have worked with a 
with a couple um, over over the course of my my experienced years, and um, what they do is incredible because they actually balance on you know the like a, a size like probably a half dollar. I don't know if they still make half dollars or not, but like a half dollar sized spot on the floor, and just the stability required from their foot musculature is unreal. And it's like, okay, of course, like if they can do that, then I can like keep my big toe down when I squat. Like right. that's like, I can do that. It's not a big deal, it, but you know, it's, it, that was just a complete side note. But, uh, um, so when, it, if somebody came to you guys and was like, I'm never wearing shoes to work out again, what would you say? No shoes, it, no shirt, no surface. Um, yeah, I was going to say, no, not know, in I, here. No, I, I mean, I say that, I say that, but I mean, like I said, a piece of it is safety, right? right. I mean, you go outside in the summertime. And cleanliness. And cleanliness and hygiene, right? But you go outside in the summertime in Kansas City and it's going to be 95 degrees in the air and 130 on the ground. Your feet are going to freaking melt. This is coming from someone who ran barefoot in the grass in the summertime. Like I can tell you, it is going to freaking hurt because last time I checked, this isn't all just fields and prairies that we're out here running in, even though people think it is. <laughs> so safety is a big, big, big piece of it. Um, also, I mean, just because you can do it doesn't mean you always should do it. You're, you need to be able to function barefoot, but you also need to be able to function in shoes. And it doesn't take much for, a, uh, a, for you to clip your toe on a box, jumping onto it, right? Or for a sock to slip on something and next thing you know you're falling it's just not worth it to right. train that way all the time so yeah go back and forth i'm a big fan of using them as uh, doing barefoot like as part of the of a warm-up you know if you want to feel the ground a little bit mm -hmm. and then i did a lot of times uh squat cycles i'll hit in 30 squats barefoot with a barbell on my back the minute i put weight on the bar i go right back into my shoes right yep no, I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, especially, you know, the warm up, getting the the sensory aspect, you know, the the nerves that are in your skin that feel the contact between you and the ground. If you wear shoes all the time and maybe this is something, you know, that, that I'll just kind of take the lead on is, you know, it's almost equally as bad, though, if you never go barefoot, if you always wear your shoes, because then those sensory nerves, TJ's pointing at himself right now, those sensory nerves never get to feel the earth, never get to feel these different sensations. And, and they, they lack what we call proprioception or basically your brain knowing what your body is doing. So you basically, your brain's kind of just like, what the hell's going on down there on the bottom of our feet. So if you're a person that maybe struggles with keeping your heels down, um, on a squat, or, um, if you maybe clip your toes on box jumps quite frequently, because okay, you don't know when you need to pull your toes up and land. It's like a little bit of a lack of awareness, right? From, Cause you don't have that mental connection to the ground, right? Exactly. So you have to build that. Exactly. If that you, well. if you struggle with double unders, I don't recommend going out and just trying a thousand double unders barefoot, <laughs> but you should be able to do maybe some calf raises barefoot and understand like, can I do some rhythmic? calf raises without shoes on and if that just lights up your feet maybe that's a problem you know that's that's something that you might need to work on so. absolutely there was a uh, there's a client that shows up to weightlifting here um on saturday mornings and she had really she wears metcons nike metcon has a really hard time um stabilizing her feet when receiving really any olympic lift um so had her lift with lighter than programmed weight for just two Saturdays. I think she did another one in one of your sessions, T. Um, 
barefoot or with socks on again with lighter than programmed weight and then just uh two weeks ago i watched her and she kept her metcons on and all of a sudden feet stayed flat through and through snatching right so which is obviously a f- fairly demanding on on the feet yeah. um so it it you know you you can grow those adaptations pretty quickly so it doesn't need to be something that you have to do every single session it just needs to be something that you throw into sessions from here and there yeah absolutely and i think on top of that too you know if you're someone where you're like you know what i just hate the feeling of shoes they make those five toes they make the minimalist shoes that's something that would be that that barrier where it's like okay we got a little bit of safety it's 110 degrees out instead of running barefoot let's maybe throw something on that way you know we protect it or if your your gym has a shoe policy that's probably the next next best thing for you. So um, make sure, hey, guys, tag us uh, on, on Facebook or on, on Instagram with what your favorite shoe is, your favorite shoe for cross-training. Are you a Noble person? Are you a Reebok person? Are you a Metcon person? Um, or do you do something else? Do you, you like something else? Um, Puma. Puma. <laughs> make sure that you are a uh, Fila. Do they still make? Yeah. I, I used to rock. That was my first pair of basketball shoes ever. Adidas. So adidas get those Mahomeses. there you go there you go make sure you tag us sweat daily podcast <laughs> make sure uh make sure you follow us on uh apple podcast or wherever you listen to your podcast one last thing i know a ton of people out there have been saying hey we're trying to comment on apple podcast you can't comment you have to write a review so write us a review if you can figure that out go to our page scroll all the way to the bottom hit five stars and then write a review in that review tell us what your favorite shoes are and we'll make sure that we comment back let's go let's do it as always sweat daily everybody